Hello everybody, welcome to Inner Voice. My name is Masumi Rostad, and I'm the viola player of the Pacifica String Quartet. Chris Shee is one of those guys who your mother always nagged you to be more like. He is a successful Harvard-trained gastroenterologist. He is a fabulous father, and he's an amazing pianist. He just won the amateur Van Cliburn competition. We had a chance to play with Chris in Columbia, Maryland recently, and just before the performance, I had this conversation with him. It was a good time, and I hope you enjoy. Hi, Chris. Welcome to Inner Voice. Hi. Thank you very much. So I have a, a few questions for you. Um, the first is I, I play viola, and this is an instrument that, that has its own genre of jokes about it, right? So um, there aren't a lot of piano jokes, so I have to ask you, are there any gastroenterologist jokes? <laughs> yeah, there probably are, but for some reason I can't think of any. I know about a hundred viola jokes, though. <laughs> okay, so hit us with one then. Um, is this for kids or? Go for it. What's the difference between a violist and a prostitute? What? A prostitute knows more than one position. <laughs> Ouch! You're talking about, of course, positions on the instrument, right? Um, okay. Can you start off now by telling us a little bit about yourself and how you ended up becoming a gastroenterologist? Doctor, pianist. I've always um, wanted to be a doctor, and I've always studied to be a doctor, but I've always played piano on the side. And as time went on, I saw no reason to really change that pattern in my life, and particularly since in recent years there's been a lot of opportunities for people who are similar to me, you know, these amateur uh, musicians. They have all these uh, amateur competitions and festivals now where we actually have opportunities to perform. And so it's really pretty simple. I just kept on track to be a doctor, and I did take a few years off during the, the really grueling years, like internship and residency, and starting a practice, and starting my family, and so forth. But when that once that got settled, I got back to playing piano, and, and then, lo and behold, there were these great opportunities, and I just started partaking in them. It's interesting, because you were just talking about being at Harvard, and the, the crew that you were with, and this is actually a, a very remarkable collection of musicians slash <laughs> just putting everybody else to shame in terms of like <laughs> being scientists and uh, mathematicians and all that. Can you can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, you know, it really didn't seem that unusual when I was there because there was technically no music performance major at, at Harvard. There were sort of uh, music history and other kinds of disciplines. I, I will say that it was quite an honor and quite a great experience to be able to interact with all those phenomenal musicians who also had interests and disciplines in other areas. So yeah, it was it was great. You know, my freshman year, I, I'll never forget, there was this chamber music class called Music 180 that was headed at the time by Russell Sherman and Lucy Stoltzman. And now Robert Levin does it, I understand. But I remember in that class, you know, it was a pretty tough piano audition. There was, it was me and Max Levinson and Christopher Taylor and Joel Fan and another guy named uh, Max Something who ended up being a Tanglewood Fellow. So there were a lot of great, and both Frouchies were there. And another great experience I had uh, in college was I, I was... I actually played violin, too. Oh, God, really? Yeah, I mean, I stopped taking lessons when I was, like, 15. Um, luckily, I, I, I did well enough in my audition that I got into the orchestra, you know, sitting at the back of the second violin. <laughs> well, and, but I, I should, we should say that, that all those people that you were just talking about, many of them are actually very well-known professional musicians now. Yeah, and I think it, it's, it was really fun for me over the years to watch these people that, you know, I, I sort of watched develop their careers and watch them become successful. Wendy Warner is an example. I, I knew her pretty well growing up through competitions and festivals and so forth. And, her, you know, she 
It's a fantastic career. And actually, I met Samin at uh, the 17 Magazine General Motors competition in 1988 in Boston. Did you have to be 17 to do it? <laughs> I think you had, well, you had to be in high school. At the time, it was sort of the big American national high school competition. Now there are like hundreds of them, but at the time, that was like the premier one. And it doesn't, it doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't exist anymore. Um, but I, I know that Joshua Bell won the first one. A lot of laureates have gone on to be successful. Did you ever toy with the idea of, of going into a life in music? Never seriously. I mean, obviously, I love music, and I, I, I've done it fairly serious at times. Um, but I've never really seriously considered it as a career, no. I think, I mean, I think the balance that I have right now is plenty for me. I, I think I can get oversaturated with music and get pretty sick of it pretty quick. <laughs> so you're not saving it for later? <laughs> I, um, <laughs> if you want to engage me, <laughs> I think it's easier said than done. Being that this is the first time that we really sat down and um, played together, and we've actually only recently just met, I didn't know very much about you, so I had to Google stalk you, and I found a, an interview of you in which you said that after the Van Cliburn uh, competition, that you said that that you were going to stop playing for three years. Is that right? Uh, I may have said that. I think that was a little bit of exaggeration. I, I think what I meant at heart that it is that what I was I was going to give up solo playing for three years, and I've actually stuck with that. Um, I wanted to focus on chamber music because, to me, one of the great joys in being a musician is to be able to collaborate with amazing artists like yourselves. Um, you know, so I wanted to focus on that if I possibly could. And I've had a long relationship with the Candlelight Society, and so this turned out to be, you know, a perfect opportunity. So have you been doing a lot of chamber music then? Well, I, um, I actually, this time right now in the next few months are fairly busy for me. I, uh, what I mean is chamber slash collaborative music. So I, I consider like forehand or two piano stuff um, to be collaborative, and that's, that's what I enjoy. So I actually have quite a few concerts coming up. Um, I mean, nothing compared to you guys, but next Wednesday I'm performing at the French Embassy with this huge black tie gala, and then the week after that, the Van Cliburn's celebrating their 50th anniversary, and so they're doing a huge gala uh, celebration. I'm going down there. And for those couple concerts, I'm doing uh, like a forehand transcription of Saint-Saëns' Carnival of the Animals. So, you know, again, it's collaborative. It's not chamber music, but still, it's, it's non-solo, which uh, I sort of stuck with. When we found out that we were going to be playing with you, I saw the, the video on Netflix about Van Cliburn, the, yeah. the amateur competition. They came to play, that's what it's called. And I was just disappointed that you weren't in it. Well, because that was, that was documenting the, the time before mine. Was that the vibe, like, like in the documentary? Is that how it felt when you were there? I think so. I don't recall what the vibe that came through with the documentary, but what I recall was just uh, a bunch of great people who really love music and do it for the, the passion and the love of it and just getting together in, in a very sort of supportive, non-competitive type environment. It was very nice. Nice. What I wanted to ask you was about your routine in general. So being a doctor, I assume that you're busy. How do you find time to practice? If I'm preparing for a concert or a competition, then I do practice. If I'm not preparing for something, if I'm taking a break, then I'm, I don't. I will stay away from the piano for months at a time just to kind of refresh and cleanse. But when I'm preparing for something, basically I go to work at 7.30, come home at 5.00 help with the kids and their homework and the dishes and the chores. We eat dinner together. Kids usually go to bed by 8.30. And then maybe we'll watch a little TV, and then I'll, I'll practice from, say, 9 to 11 or something like that. Or, or if maybe we'll watch a movie, and then I'll be done at 11. I'll practice from 11 to 1 and just get less sleep. What's it like when you take your time? You said you take months away from the piano. What's it like getting back to it? How do you imagine it's like? <laughs> it's it's tough. It's very difficult. It usually takes me a few months to get back into a book. 
you ever see the documentary about Heifetz? I say documentary in quotation marks because it shows him coming back to the violin after a summer off, which he apparently did every year. He took an entire summer off and he, you see him dust off his, his violin and then just kind of like, just like lay right into it. Clearly, clearly that's edited or something. I don't know. Glenn Gould used to say that the best time he played was after two weeks of not playing because the mental conception is the freshest. And I, I think there is some truth to that, but I think for mortals, you know, like less than Glenn Gould, you can't just, the fingers don't function. But there is something about coming back to it and having the conception be very, very clear. What's your general take on, on the classical music world right now? Because there's been a lot of change in the last 10, 15 years. So like trends and all that, what do you think? Uh, well, you know, I think... One of the perks of not being a professional is I don't have to address all the difficulties with the classical music professional world. I mean, I think it's tremendously difficult to maintain a thriving career, and I think a lot of times the talent is not commensurately rewarded. So, you know, it's not my place to really speak about the difficulties, financial or otherwise, in the classical music world. But I sympathize. I know it's I know it's tough. But again, as an amateur, I like to be able to think that I can just do it for the music and nothing else. That's great. Um, I just also wanted to ask you, I've got this little pain in my side. <laughs> do you get that all the time? You're practicing wrong. <laughs> I'm practicing wrong, right? <laughs> Wait, what's that? This is Brandon? Oh, I was just saying, it'd be nice if we could be amateur doctors at night, you know, for a couple hours and a little extra money on the side. Yeah, so Chris, you want to volunteer to be a patient? <laughs> um, I just want to say, for the record, that I really appreciate from the bottom of my heart that you guys agreeing to, to do this with me. I mean, I don't, I don't belong on the same planet as you guys, much less the same stage. It's, it's like a tremendous, tremendous honor to be able to work with you. So thank you. That's incredible. You sound great, though. I'd like to say thank you for, for talking with me. Thank you, Masumi. Thank you. Uh, meet again and have opportunities to work together again. Well, hopefully we'll meet on stage later today. <laughs> okay, thanks.